The universe declares a marvelous message of hope for all mankind. Are you listening? Learn how the creation all around you is proof of a powerful, loving creator and your mind-staggering eternal future. Next, on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. Abraham was a scientist and an astronomer, and he became the father of the faithful. Quite a exalting of his office, and he had his mind on New Jerusalem, it says in Hebrews 11, verses 9 and 10, and that's a time when there's going to be nothing but spirit beings. And we have Hubble and the James Webb telescopes in this era of our lives, and they have just given us these magnificent pictures of the universe like we've never seen before. And we ought to really be using those to build our faith in God. It's something that should be done. The Bible tells us that. If you look at the Gospels, it, they said, well, uh, when, when Christ comes, shall He find faith? And of course, that means not very much. Not very much. And those telescope pictures should be lifting the faith of people all over this world. And I believe that Jesus Christ helped the success of those telescopes in reaching their destination. It was something that was truly miraculous how it all happened. So if we look at those pictures of the universe, how could we not be inspired and, and really think about God's glory? Because it is there and it speaks to us, God says, and even prophesies of that to us right there from the universe. Now, if we all we have to do is really go to God and ask Him for faith and have some humility and let Him teach us, and it's amazing what will happen to your life. The Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the universe even prophesies. Let's look into the heavens declare the glory of God. In Psalm 19, in verse 1, this psalm was written by King David, and here's what it says. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. You can look up there and see it. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night shows knowledge. All of that knowledge about the universe, through that knowledge you get to know God. That's what he's talking about. In verse 3, there's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. And what that actually means is, look, there is no sound in that voice, but there is a voice with a message that is truly inspiring. But there's no sound. And that we need to think about. For our Fenton translation has this to say of verses 3 and 4, there is no speech or tongue where their voice just simply isn't heard. To all lands they bring hope. 
to all lands, all over the world, they bring hope. Now, we need hope in this hopeless world, this dangerous world. I think we would all agree on that. So, we are certainly right next to the sun as far as looking out in the universe. And that sun does a lot for us that is miraculous. Notice verse 4, their line is gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them has He set a tabernacle for the sun. God has set a tabernacle for the sun. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The last part of verse 6. There is nothing hid from the heat thereof. You can't escape it. It's all for everybody on this earth. And it just happens to be at the right place. Not too far away or not less than what it should be or we would be destroyed. That in itself is a miracle. Our planet didn't come to inhabit its perfect place in the cosmos haphazardly. Well, I'm paraphrasing this. And then verse 5 says, Who determined earth's measurements? God asked Job, Surely you know, or who stretched the line upon it? I'm just quoting from Job along with verse 5 here. We can see that God prophesies through the universe. Notice verse 2. Let me read that to you again. Day to day pours forth speech. And night to night declares knowledge. That's verse 2 of Psalm 19. And the Revised Standard Version says that the Hebrew word translated pours forth could also be translated prophesies. All of that declaring the glory of God, the heavens just declaring God's glory. Well, uh, that that's uh, something for us to ponder, and if it just pours forth and prophesies, well, how does it prophesy? Well, I'm going to show you a verse here in a moment that'll prove that to you. Again, in verse 6 says, there's nothing that's hid from the heat. But there is a deeper message here. Let's go over to Malachi 4 and verse 2. Here's what it says there. Malachi 4, verse 2 says, The Son of Righteousness, S-U-N, of Righteousness, shall arise with healing in His wings. So here, the Son specifically points us to Jesus Christ. This, this is a, like a type of Jesus Christ and His light, and all the light He brings into the world if we will accept it. Though it's spelled S-U-N, it is capitalized because he's talking about the Son of God. And you can see in Psalm 84, it talks about the eternal God is a sun and shield. So the sun is a type, let's say, of Jesus Christ and all of the light that He brings spiritually into this world and is going to bring a lot more from now on. So the sun itself is really a prophecy, and our Creator designed it to illustrate spiritual reality. There's just so much light that God wants to give us, and yet the world is filled with dark darkness, and, and it's getting darker and darker very fast. The sun is 
864,300 miles in diameter, 32,840 times the Earth's mass. So you get an idea of the size of this. We have a booklet, Our Awesome Universe Potential, and we'll uh, send that to you, and also a reprint article about tomorrow's universe. Romans 1 and verse 20, it says this, Romans 1 and verse 20, Ever since the creation of the world, His invisible nature, namely His eternal power and deity, has been clearly perceived in the things that have been made. So God is correcting here, and if we get on down to verse 7, we'll just see, first of all, God talks about, well, take look at the creation now, and, and, and it declares God's glory to anybody. You don't even have to have the Spirit of God to see all that, but it can lead us to that Holy Spirit of God, to receiving it. So, first He talks about the creation, and then verse 7 He talks about revelation from God, and something more important. Verse 7 says, The law of the eternal is perfect. Converting the soul. Oh, yeah, here. Now we're talking about the spiritual. This verse is saying the testimony of the eternal is sure, making wise is simple, but it's just saying now, first we have the creation that everybody can see, but then there is the law that is perfect, and it's more perfect than the, than the universe in all of its miracles. It's, it's more perfect because it converts the soul. It, bring, it changes you into a spirit being who will be born into the family of God when you totally yield yourself to God. That's what he's talking about. So there, are, there is a law that we must understand and, and uh, and learn to let it change our lives and bring harmony into our lives and a rejoicing of our heart. That's an absolute promise from God. He'll give it to you. So this is really a prophecy about what the law will do in your life. It will do all this in your life. And God is not going to exaggerate, and He never lies. So there is, see again, the author of this cosmos is uh, intended for us to be able to study the stars, study them, study the universe. The universe really does declare the glory of God. It declares it for everybody. And there is no excuse for not having some faith if we look at it with God's mind. That's the way He sees it, and, and it, He is always right. The James Webb Space Telescope in total was over 258 companies, agencies, and universities dedicated over 100 million hours to build the $10 billion telescope. Now, that was quite an investment. And here we have all of these Miracles coming on this earth. The James Webb Telescope is showing us 
the universe as we have never seen it before. It is spectacular. Yet your Bible says tomorrow's universe will be much more glorious. We're going to be there in that universe if we submit ourselves to God. We're going to rule that universe if we heed God's message. You can look up at the universe, as you know, and set your clocks by that universe or your calendars. It is so precise in its process of doing so many different things for us. Let me read you another quote here that I thought was very good. Physicist Paul Davies said this, The really amazing thing is not that life on earth is balanced on a knife edge, but that the entire universe is balanced on a knife edge, and would be total chaos if any of the natural constants were off even slightly. Everything is just has to be just right for us to live on this earth. Everything. Understanding this fine-tuning and the clear overall purpose of sustaining life is what caused famous atheist Anthony Flew to finally come to believe that the universe had to have an intelligent designer. Yes, it certainly did. An intelligent designer. Well, how much do we know about the universe, and how much have we studied those inspiring, mind-staggering pictures from the recent uh, James Webb telescope? What a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for us. Herbert Armstrong wrote this, The God I believe in, the God that I know exists, because I can prove it is the God who created all things. He is the Creator, not only of matter, but also of force, of energy, of all the laws that exist, the laws of chemistry, the laws of physics, spiritual laws, as well as physical laws to regulate man's life and man's happiness. Mr. Armstrong, for at least a decade, had, had the strongest program around the world, and he talked about the universe and these messages that ought to build our faith. And he says, now you can prove it. He says, I have proven it to myself. And you can prove it too. God says, prove all things. First Thessalonians 5. And God certainly wants us to study the Scriptures about all of this, about planting the heavens and all of that. But again, the angels failed to do their job and rule this earth, and so they couldn't go on out into the universe, and God decided He had to recreate Himself in man. Recreate Himself in man. God can do nothing greater than that. That's something to really get excited about. Hebrews 2, let me read you a verse there. It talks about, well, what is man? Verse 6 and then verse 8, You have put all things in subjection under his feet. That's man. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. Not yet, but again, it should be on the way. 
But notice what he says in verse 9, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that He, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became Him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory. He not only declares His own glory, but he, he, he wants us to have that same glory, the very same glory as the Son of God, the very family of God. The reality is we're sons of God, not adopted children. We're sons of God. And we look like God and act like God if we follow Him, and we'll be like Him in His family for all eternity if we obey and are loyal to Him. That's to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. And he certainly did have to suffer. And some of us, we have to be tried and tested at times, of course. But uh, just think about getting into this uh, perfection of revelation that God gives us about the law and what it will do for us and, and what it prophesies for us. All the universe is going to blossom like a rose, just like the earth is in the uh, wonderful world tomorrow, but it's going to go much beyond that. Verse 19 through uh, 21 here, and I want to read more of that than I read before, but it says, "...creation, all the suns, planets, stars, and moon, was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of Him who subjected it in hope." In hope! because the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the glorious liberty of the children of God. That's something God wants us to have. But He says even when they've seen it, they really haven't responded to it honestly. It goes on to talk about the universe groaning for the sons of God, to be born into God's family, it personifies it, its voice, that universe that has been somewhat wrecked because of Lucifer's rebellion and trying to take over the uh, universe for himself. But God says the universe is damaged greatly, and it is just groaning for the sons of God to Come and give them freedom from all that decay and all that sadness that uh, happened when Lucifer rebelled. We have to groan just to get through some of our trials. Just think about the James Webb telescope. It's a million miles from this earth, a million miles, and it is showing us pictures that is a gift from God because it will build our faith and inspire us and give us hope because it is our future, starting with the earth and then on to the universe. That's what God says. You can see Luke 1, verses 30 through 33, where Jesus Christ is going to rule on the throne of David for ever and ever. 
In Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7, says that of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David. It's never going to end. In, right out there in the universe, and more and more sons are going to be born to be ruling over that universe. God's going to give it all to us. That's what He says. What He's doing today leads to just a fabulous eternity with God. First of all, in Hebrews 11 and verse 3, the Revised Standard Version, it says, By faith we understand that the world was created by the Word of God. Of course we have to have faith, but we can build faith and should build it. Abraham became the father of the faithful, and he was a great astronomer and a great scientist. And you can read much more about that in our Awesome Universe Potential booklet. So you need to request that. Here it says, So that what is seen physical matter was made out of things which do not appear. Yeah, God is invisible. But so are a lot of things like electricity. Where do you see it? <laughs> but sure, it, it, they are, He's invisible. But He makes Himself known and He has declared His glory in just in the heavens, the universe. But there's a lot more to it if you look into the law and what the law will do for you and give you harmony and peace and joy and happiness like you've never experienced before. And that's a promise from God. If it doesn't work, well, you know you can't trust God, but you can. He, he never turns His back on you. Lift up your eyes on high, it says in Isaiah 40, verse 26, And behold, who has created these things? Lift up your eyes! And just behold, who has created these things? That, that is just something that anybody can understand if they approach God in the right attitude. Anybody! And if we did that, there wouldn't be any atheists. There wouldn't be, no matter what kind of a life they lived. They would have to, have to see that that is a fact. And Jesus Christ Himself said the problem is with the people that wouldn't accept Him and rejected Him and crucified Him. And He said, Their eyes they have closed. Matthew 13, verse 15. Their eyes they've closed. They just, they just won't hear what I have to say. They won't understand. They refuse to understand. Well, I don't have time to get into much more of this, but uh, Revised Standard Version says this uh, in uh, Romans 8 about the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation, all the suns, planets, stars, moons, was subjected to futility. That is a wonderful future. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Request Our Awesome Universe Potential, How the Heavens Prophesy and Lift Up Your Eyes on High. Order now. The preceding program was a paid presentation of The Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.